The issues with crime and public drunkenness have been a big concern in recent months. So many of you in contact with us on the show to raise those issues that are impacting your lives. Now, this morning, some movement in this space. The Police Minister, Nicole Madison, announcing the Northern Territory Government's going to be investing an extra $10.1 million into remote and regional policing in next week's budget. The funding for the Northern Territory Police Force is going to be increased by $6.4 million in the 2022-2023 financial year to $510 million. Now, joining me on the line is the Minister for Police, Fire and Emergency Services, Nicole Madison. Good morning to you. Good morning, Katie. Now, Minister, um, what are we going to see as a result of this additional funding? Yes, Katie. Uh, what I'm really pleased to say is that since 2016, when we came to government, we've increased uh, the budget for police from $400 million to $510 million. And that's meant that we've continued to increase the numbers of police on the ground across the Northern Territory. And one thing that we've also been looking at doing is making sure we've got the right remote footprint because we know that if we get it right in the remote communities, it also has a positive flow-on effect through to our urban communities. So uh, we're making sure that we're going to be having uh, moving stations from two- to three-person stations and making sure that stays in place. Uh, We are going to have more Aboriginal liaison officers who are really important, uh, particularly in our remote communities, because they've got great language skills, know the families, understand culture and They help our police officers on the ground a a heap and do an amazing job. Uh, But we're also going to be continuing on making sure that we're investing in CCTV, CCTV monitors, our school-based policing program. But overall, a $510 million police budget is a record budget and we've increased it by $110 million since coming to government. Now, I know that uh, that this is something that we spoke about earlier in the week with the Police Association President, Paul McHugh, when discussing some of the issues within the force right now. Take a listen to what he'd had to say. Are we in crisis point here? It's it's pretty difficult to tell, but but certainly the feedback we're getting is they're they're unwell. Uh, The police force is unwell. It's struggling to keep up with day-to-day requirements. The expectations put on them over the last couple of years has been more than than I've ever seen over 30 years. And, And I know we still hear the government say we've got more budget than ever before and more resources than ever before. That is simply not reflecting uh, on the front line. Minister, what is your response to that, given the announcement this morning? Well, I still think it's important that we keep investing in the police, and I make no apology for that, for making sure that they have got those record budgets. But uh, I think we have to be very frank here. We've had two years of a COVID environment, two years where our police force have been one of the busiest government agencies in that response. We've had people out doing other duties. We've had people working extra shifts. We've had people working in some of the most remote places of the country in some of the most difficult weather conditions. And then they've also had to do their day-to-day policing duty. I thank the police because they've worked their guts out for the last two years. Is the force in crisis point? When I go out and talk to officers on the ground, I don't get that feedback. I'm always left feeling really inspired when I go out and speak to officers and I was just out of water the other day and just saw another amazing example of that where you've got these officers who have been working incredibly hard and yet you see how they go about their job engaging with the community and their professionalism and their passion for their job without a doubt it's been a difficult time for some of our officers. There have been a lot of different things happening in the police but overall when I speak to members I'm always left heartened by the fact that we have so many people that are really dedicated to that 
servants protect uh, motto of police that 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 is what they go to work for and and they still have a lot of passion and love for their job and what they do every day so what do you make of the police association's comments then that the force is unwell right now and that while there may be record funding and a record number of police uh, we still they still don't have um you know what they need to be able to do their jobs well, as we've spoken about before, we've seen different movements of people in the Northern Territory which have been brought on about by COVID. We haven't seen the usual rhythms of the Northern Territory for a few years. Uh, I think we have to be frank. Uh, we've also had the Rolf trial, which has had an impact on some members. And, and tragically, recently, we have had three members uh, that have taken their lives and it's an absolute tragedy. And um, we're doing a lot of work in that space to make sure that if members are, are struggling that we're giving them more support and there'll be reforms in this space as well, Katie. Yeah, we did catch up with uh, the Acting Police Commissioner, Michael Murphy, a bit earlier this morning and spoke a little bit more extensively about that. And I think that that is 100% needed. You know, we need to make sure that that police officers do have that support. Um, And it is tragic what we've seen over the last three months, the loss of, of those officers. And if anybody out there listening at the moment is in need of help, you can get in contact. Uh, with Lifeline and and seek that support. Um, Minister, we know that since 2016, so for a number of years now, there has obviously been that record investment into the Northern Territory Police, but we have seen crime rates rise. Why? Well, the issues in the Northern Territory are complex. We have got more boots on the ground that are working really hard to, to ensure that we get the arrests and the charges done uh, for people out there. Uh, but you know, we have got uh, significant issues with the with the flow-on effects from COVID, as I spoke about, and we're still dealing with issues to do with, with alcohol abuse in the Northern Territory. Uh, but again, like, it's important that we just always put our shoulders to the wheel and, and keep up the work of addressing those issues as they come up. Now, you touched on this just a moment ago. We've spoken this week about the situation with a veteran police officer who was suspended mm-hmm. for publicly criticising how his commissioners had treated Constable Zachary Rolf over the fatal shooting uh, of Kuman Jai Walker. Um, that situation with Mark Casey, he wrote this opinion piece on the weekend and was suspended without pay very soon after... Do you think it's appropriate that an officer has been suspended for raising concerns which some in the force are clearly worried about? What I don't think is appropriate, Katie, is for politicians to get involved in internal police disciplinary matters. I think that is completely inappropriate. So that is something that police manage. And I will say very clearly that as a police minister, I do not involve myself in internal disciplinary matters. That is a matter for uh, the Professional Standards Command and the Executive. Some are questioning the hypocrisy of this suspension, though, when we have seen officers charged with criminal offences who've continued to be paid while stood down. What makes this situation more serious than someone being charged with a criminal offence? Uh, and again, I don't think it's my place to run commentary on this, Katie. I think the last people listeners would want to see getting involved in internal police matters are politicians. There is a situation, though, at the moment where you have got police that are raising, you know, are raising concerns within the media. Um, and we also know that there had been a number of regions who'd apparently voted for the Northern Territory Police Association to hold a, a territory-wide vote of no confidence in the police commissioner, Jamie Chalker, and also in the deputy uh, commissioner, Murray Smallpage. Are you concerned that the force is losing confidence in management? 
Well, I fully support the executive as I fully support all the troops on the ground doing an amazing job every day and it's a very tough job. I don't think I've ever seen a commissioner um, ever have a straightforward, easy run in that job because it is such a tough one and uh, I've certainly seen other commissioners uh, face similar criticism before but you know, I, I fully support uh, the commissioner. I think he does an amazing job. I see firsthand that this is somebody who has gone through the police college has served throughout the Northern Territory as a Northern Territory police officer and I see his absolute dedication, commitment and passion for the Northern Territory Police Force and serving the Territory. But it is a really tough job and you're never going to keep everybody happy in it. So you still have complete confidence in the Police Commissioner? Absolutely. Do you think that the Force still has complete confidence in you as the Minister? Uh, Well... That's up to those members, but what I'll say is that I'm somebody that has continued to deliver the funding, the resources, the legislative reform, and I'll always do what I can to support the police out there on the front line. Where do you think we're being let down at the moment? I mean, we spoke about, we've spoken about at length some of the issues that we're seeing around the community when it comes to, uh, you know, alcohol issues. So I know at the moment we've got around 3,000 people here uh, from communities that are, you know, living rough and the onflow of that. You and I spoke a couple of weeks ago at length about those issues. Do you think that we've got a situation where some of the other agencies need to step up? Where are, we, where are we being let down right now? Because we are certainly getting that sense from the community that they're feeling as though things are broken and they're not quite sure how they need to be fixed. Uh, so all, all people and all agencies here have a role to play when it comes to community safety. And without a doubt, yes, it is not just a police response because police, unfortunately, often are at the, at the end of when something has gone wrong in the community. And so we want to do what we can to avoid it. Uh, so we're going to be making um, some more announcements coming forward about the work that we're doing to tackle the issues of antisocial behaviour and a lot of the people that are uh, in town that we're still dealing with because of COVID. But we do have other agencies that work together. Um, you know, we have our housing agency, our territory families agency, health, education. It is a multi-agency response that we do put in and uh, we do continue to do that. When we came to government, we said that uh, we didn't want to see agencies working in isolation and in silos. And we have worked very hard to make sure we do have our agencies working together. And it's not just government agencies, Katie. It's also non-government agencies yep. who often do get a lot of funding uh, to go out and do work supporting people uh, that we know get involved in the criminal justice system. All right. When are we expecting to, to see those announcements? Are they going to be as part of the budget next week? Uh, we, we are just uh, putting them together now, but you'll be seeing them out soon because, as we know, you know, we want to see more response out there on the ground soon um, to help those people that need to get home get home. Uh, and also to, to help tackle some of that uh, antisocial behaviour. Yeah, well, and, and this is the thing. I know that when you and I have spoken before, it's been around 2,000, 2,500 people in in town uh, from communities. Uh, Michael Murphy confirming on the show this morning that we're looking more at the moment, like around 3,000, and I know that, that part of that is uh, due to the situation in Watt Air. Um, you were out there earlier in the week. I know the uh, the um, Labor Senator, Melandiri McCarthy, had said that... There is a humanitarian crisis out there. Is it? I went out there at the uh, request of traditional owners a few days ago so I could sit down and listen to people on the ground, to listen to the different family groups. I got to hear about some people's concern about their 
their personal safety and the safety of their families. Um, I got to um, hear about the grief that some people are suffering, the immense grief because of loss in their family. Uh, I got to speak to our public servants, our police and people who are working very hard on the ground out there. We do have displaced people in Wadia, but what I want to assure your listeners of is that we do have a response and we've been working on that now for a few weeks. We've got um, our Chief Minister and Cabinet Department coordinating that with other agencies and non-government agencies and making sure that those who have been displaced or don't feel safe to go back to their homes, that we've got support around them. Uh, this is going to be a continual body of work uh, for a while, but we are doing that work to make sure that they have got the support that they need. Uh, things are still tense there, and it's important that uh, we make sure we work to continue to, to keep the community as safe as possible. So uh, it's, it's a challenging time there, without a doubt. Are you in a situation where the Defence Force needs to be called in to support police and support those other agencies? No. Now, uh, the community engagement that's being done by the police and also our public service and non-government agencies is superb and they're continuing to do that. Minister, one of the other issues that uh, that we have uh, spoken about quite a bit on the show and we caught up with the Health Minister earlier, we've spoken to John Patterson, we've spoken to the Doctors' Union, we've spoken to the Police Union about it, is these changes that are going to come into play when it comes to alcohol in those communities. The Police Association had said to us just a couple of weeks ago that they're pretty worried about this. Um, they are concerned that there's going to be alcohol in communities and um, and question whether they're going to have enough resources in some of those communities to deal with it. Are you worried about that as the Minister for Police? Uh, we're working very hard with the communities that this will impact and making sure that people get a say on, on what happens there but uh, that's why we continue to fund remote policing, Katie, because it's in recognition of the workloads that they've got out there and making sure that we've got more resources out bush to support communities. But are those workloads set to get higher if, uh, you know, something that you haven't been able to have in community for quite some time, i.e. alcohol, whether, you know, you're talking about a licensed venue out there or whether you're talking about takeaway alcohol, there's no doubt, I mean, we're seeing on the streets of Darwin right now the impact that it has. There's no doubt that it's going to have an impact and certainly an impact on, uh, on police officers' jobs. And that's why we're working through at community by community level. Uh, you also get a lot of feedback from people in town, Katie, too, that say that they can see that not having alcohol available, particularly, you know, a, a alcohol at clubs and those types of models mm. available in communities, um, also has an impact on what happens in town when people drink in unregulated environments. So... Um, these are things that we are all working through and looking at. Police Minister Nicole Madison, we are going to have to leave it there. Thank you for your time this morning. Oh, actually, before I let you go, can I just ask very quickly, sorry, um, we did just have, um, we had Kezia Purick on the show. We also had Doug Barden, uh, the Mayor of Litchfield. They're wondering, why why has the new fire station been named the Palmerston Fire Station and it doesn't have any reference to the rural area or the fact that it's in Litchfield? Yes, there, there will be a reference to the regional area there, Katie. It's important to recognise that it is um, beyond just Palmerston, so that is happening. So a name change? Uh, that is happening. All right, Minister, it thanks. Is, it is the Palmerston Regional Fire Station. Thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it.